0: podcasting from my sex writing cave where all the smut happens in real life in my head or on paper this is the smutlancer podcast a weekly show where we discuss writing and creating content about sex and getting paid to do it i'm your host and fellow smutlancer caleb lords welcome to episode 29 this week let's talk about the real effort and time it takes to make the kind of money you want to make and what you may have to do to get there this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smutlancer Podcast is produced every Wednesday, and show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. Follow me there or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at The This week's episode is brought to you by QuickBooks Self-Employed. Want to have a better way to keep track of your income? Do you need help? tracking what you owe in quarterly taxes i use quickbooks self-employed for all that and more it's an invoicing system a reporting tool and a great way to keep up with receipts and payments i use it to figure out how much i've made for the year to project how much i will make to keep track of my expenses for my taxes and to actually pay my quarterly taxes even if you don't need to do all of that yet it's still great just for tracking your income no matter how big or small you can save 50% off the cost for a full year when you use my special link, bit.ly slash Smutlancer. That means you can get QuickBooks Self-Employed for as low as $5 a month for a full year. Uh, just use my uh, special link, bit.ly slash Smutlancer, B-I-T Smutlancer, or use the link in the show notes. Okay, so this is the second week in a row I'm kind of trying something and sort of sticking with kind of a general theme um, of content. So two blog posts, one on Monday, one on Friday, and then the podcast in the middle. Um, And the topic I'm sort of tackling this week is how to know when you're on the right track, how to get on the right track, how to get where you want to get to as a creator in terms of the money you make. Um, And it started with a conversation I had with Amy of Coffee and Kink uh, on Twitter about um, how to know if you've kind of made it and you're doing well and and how how do you have any idea? And we got into sort of a, a little bit of a discussion about statistics and numbers and metrics but um then that followed up a couple days later with my good friend marie rebel who um said very kindly when she looked at the july income report that she wanted to be me when she grew up and i think uh, i look at other people and think the same thing so it's you know it's very kind it makes me blush but it brought to mind both of those conversations and those moments brought to mind what it actually took and has taken and will continue to take to reach any level of success. Now we've talked in the past that s- success is something that you should define for yourself um, and not necessarily go chasing what other people tell you success is. Um, for me, success has been um, being able to earn a living wage off of my writing, uh, off of my client work. My new goal is to transition that from client work to um my own creative endeavors, and that I think is going to be a longer process. We all have our own goals. We all have the things we want to do. And when we achieve those goals, I definitely make the case that we've achieved some level of success. But when we talk about money and we talk about when we can earn it and what we can earn and how much we'll earn, there's, you know, a little bit that gets lost in the conversation that I feel like we need to sort of shed some light on there. We need to look at this a little closer. And that is, I'll use myself as the example, like I usually do. The rates I charge and that I make for my work in 2018 are nowhere near the rates I was charging in 2014. Um, When you are still beginning, you don't make a lot of money if you can't prove how good you are, if you don't have the skills yet because you haven't done the job, if you don't have any amount of name recognition yet, um, and you're being selected based on talent alone, which talent is very important, um, your ability to create the thing you're getting paid to do is extremely important. You don't get paid as much in the beginning. And I get a little concerned because I see people talking online about payment and they you know there are statements like i don't get out of bed for 200 dollars i don't get out of bed for 500 dollars we all get to set our own prices and you have to go with whatever makes you comfortable but i look at it differently i i know that might be shocking right um i don't i would love to be in a position to not get out of bed for a certain amount of money. And maybe there will come a day when I can make a statement like that. But the places where I see these statements being made are not necessarily people who are doing this full time. So their goals might be a little bit different. They might not be interested in a full time income or even a consistent income. And when that's your goal, and I don't care if you're a writer or you're an artist or you're, um, selling products that you've made. Your prices change and fluctuate over time. And the expectation should be that you start out at a price that you're mostly comfortable with. And over time, as you can show your skill and you can show the value that you offer or that you bring to a client, then you get to charge more. And it is a slow, steady process. Um, I make, on average, in terms of the time I spend in client work, I make about $75 an hour. Now that's before taxes. So once you take out taxes and expenses, it is less, but if we're talking gross, that's probably about what I make. My goal was to make hundred dollars an hour. That's what I want to make. And I'm not quite there yet. Um, but that's not where I started. I started making probably $30 an hour. Now there are some people out there who would hear $30 an hour and be ecstatic. Well, the way you make $30 an hour is you don't make a lot of money per piece of content that you write. You write for almost anybody who will pay you for the privilege. And I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I think that that can be a way for you to gain skill, to gain experience, to gain confidence, to teach yourself and learn that you can produce content on a deadline, that you can work with a client, that you can figure out how to write about a topic or to create something on a topic that you've never done before. And while it is important at every level of payment that you're at from low to high, that you do the best job that you can do. um, I think there is a little less pressure, at least from a client perspective, when they're not paying as much money. Now, will say in my experience clients who don't pay a lot of money tend to be the neediest clients i've ever had in my whole writing career um the people who pay me really you know pay my high rates and and feel that i am worth those dollars um they are not anywhere near as frustrating or demanding as some of in the past not currently thank goodness my lowest paying clients so that's uh, it's not to say that it's completely pressure free when you're at still at your low end of your income when you're just starting out but the the fall if it doesn't work out is a little less uh, jarring it's a little a, a little bit a bit easier to take if things don't quite work out so in the beginning when you start quoting rates whether it's on your blog or it's for a client or whatever it is you should probably not quote the same rate as somebody who's done the job for 10 years, um, unless you've got something to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are worth that amount of money. The, The question a lot of people ask is, well, how much do I charge? And the best advice I ever got, and it's what I use, is think about how much you would really like to be paid. You think that you should get paid and then go a little bit higher to the point that you're kind of uncomfortable. If you're sitting there thinking, I'm not sure anybody would actually pay that, that's probably a good amount. Now that, in my opinion, is good when you have choices, when you have enough steady work that you're not worried about money, when you have another income so that nobody is depending on your income to pay all the bills. And here's what I mean by that. If you're, what you're doing when you price yourself that way, so that you've come up with a number, $40, $50, $200, pick a thing. And it seems right, but it makes you a little uncomfortable, a little nervous. That means that there are going to be people who reject that price. They're going to say, nope, I'm not paying it. It's not worth it to me. And that is okay. And that is what should happen. You want your clients to self-select. You want the client who can pay that amount and sees the value in what you do and is willing to pay that amount the problem is is when you're trying to make an income that supports a family you don't get that luxury in the beginning and i think this is where some of the disconnect happens people who are at the beginning stages of the side hustle the freelance life the whatever will look at people who are several years in And want to do exactly what they do. Now, do I think that you should try? Of course, go for it. If it works for you, I'm going to applaud that. But I think that if that works for you, you would be the exception to the rule, not the rule. I think that the rule tends to be we start at a lower level than we want to ultimately get to and we work our way up to it. So you don't necessarily start out asking the price of somebody who's been freelancing for 10 years. You start out asking a price that makes you a little uncomfortable, but, but that you feel like the, the work is worth. Um, unless in the beginning of your career the, and you don't have a client base and you don't have name recognition and you don't have a portfolio and you don't have a profile and nobody knows that you are capable of doing this, you do the work that you can get where the price at least feels fair. It's not your top price, but it's not um, like slave labor, right? It's not that you're writing for, a 10th of a penny per word. Those things exist. I do not recommend them. Um, I started out where the best price I could get was about $25 for 500 words. That's not awful, quite frankly, but sometimes it was $25 for 700 words. It would get bumped up. It wasn't the rate I wanted to make, especially since I wasn't a fast writer. I didn't have a flow. I didn't have, um, a way to, um, make the process a little bit more seamless so I could churn out even more content so that I could do more and make more, which is one way some of us start out. And especially when you have no background in it, you've got to start somewhere. I don't, I'm not telling you to go on Fiverr and sell 500, 500 word articles for $5. That is a straight to the bottom kind of race. Um, But I also don't think that if you have no way to show what you're capable of doing and to prove that you bring value to this company or to this organization, that you get to charge $500 for 500 words. Not yet. Um, Can you get there? Sure. But you're going to start out making not a lot of money. And if you compare it to what you know people with more experience are making, you are invariably going to be disappointed. So if you doing this as a hobby. This is just kind of a side hustle. You're not really worried if you get regular income. You can do that because there will be people who will pay it. There'll be few and far between, but they will be there. But if you're legitimately trying to build a business and you want to start earning as much money as possible, you're going to have to get comfortable with accepting a little bit less. Now, what a little bit less versus, you know, this is way too low, you shouldn't accept it. What that means is a personal decision. Um, I think anytime we start getting into fractions of a penny per word, you're getting paid too low. Um, I'm, you know, one penny per word, you're getting paid too low. Um, I think a good solid beginner price is about five cents per word. So some people charge, I don't charge per word, I charge per uh, item. So a blog post, a standard blog post versus a long form blog post, those will be different prices. A web page that is going to sell your product or service for years to come is a different price than a blog post that's probably going to be forgotten in a few weeks. Um, it The way I price is based on the type of content and the value of the content that you're asking me to write. Um, I don't actually say oh I will write a thousand words for you at five cents a word but I will do the math and if I start doing the math and I start dividing what I'm making per piece divided by the amount of words I'm writing and it comes to less than five cents a word I am undervaluing my work and I think any beginner can start from there five cents per word Um, maybe a little lower if you want to get your foot in the door somewhere and they're like well we don't do five cents yet but we'll do four cents don't don't shoot yourself in the foot and hurt yourself you know sort of despite yourself Um, give yourself a little bit of wiggle room but yeah if it's five ten fifteen dollars for big long researched pieces i don't care how new you are that's too low but if if you're already dreaming of the rate you want to make at some point that is likely not where you're gonna get to start out from Um, I'm hoping that you can learn from the things that I've done and not start out as low as I did. My very first, so my very first client, it was a hundred dollars per month, a blog post a week. So it was ultimately $25 a blog post, which is even then I probably should have charged a little bit more, but she was my first. We didn't know if this would work. She knew she was my first client. I had known her for years. I cut her a good deal. Um, And what that meant was in weeks that were, there were five weeks in the month, it was $20 per post. Now, at first, I was just so excited to have a client, I kind of didn't care. But here's, here's another trick to this, trying to figure out when you're supposed to raise your rates, because you are supposed to raise your rates over time. It, I, the moment I realized I was supposed to raise my rates was when I got annoyed when I thought about that dollar amount. And that's a really squishy thing. I can't tell you it takes 90 days or it takes two years or what the time frame is of that. But there comes a point where you start realizing that what you're doing has more value than what you're getting, than the payment that you're receiving for it. And once you come to that conclusion, it's time to raise your rates. You've You've, been doing it long enough. You've um, never missed a deadline. You've produced quality content. You've now got more clients. You've now got more experience. Um, Now it's time to start charging for that experience. So while some people might scoff at my first client rate, um, that felt right at the time, although in not too terribly long after it didn't. Now that was my first client. Then there are things called content mills. So this is going to be primarily for the writers out there. Content mills are companies where they're the middlemen between middle person, let's put it that way, between the client and the writer, and they get the jobs. You don't have to necessarily pitch for the client. You also don't have any loyalty between client and writer. And they pay, usually per word, a set amount and you, they give you the topic, they give you what you need to do, they give you maybe an outline until you, you know, they, they kind of make the writing part easier. There's no thinking of what you need to write, there's just the writing. Um, but they are inherently lower paying than anything you can negotiate for yourself. What they save time on is going out and finding the people you need to negotiate with. Um, those types of things, I don't hate them because they did teach me how to write on deadline to how to write quickly, how to um, learn how to do this as a full-time thing where you sit down at the desk and you just churn out content. But it also is soul-sucking and it also does not pay a lot. So there were times I was writing 500, 600 word articles for $15 a piece. And what that means is that I was having to, keep write a lot of content every single day with no break, just to make a little bit more money than I did the day before. And that will burn you out very quickly. And that will be just soul sucking that will just almost make you hate writing and wish you were not doing it. So there's a fine line. That's how I started. That's where I started not getting paid a lot to finally going, wait, this I'm not getting paid enough. This is crap. I don't want to spend eight hours a day every day writing for somebody else and writing about things I don't care about. This is not what I signed up for in the freelance life. This is not what I wanted. So I don't recommend the exact path I took, but I do recommend recognizing that your value and what you can offer will change over time. So the price you set from day one when you're new and nobody knows who you are, will be and should be different than the price you're charging five years later, two years later, a year later. So that all of that to say, the point to me is that yes, you want to make, you know, 10,000 a month, you want to make $300 per article. Yes, I think most of us would say, yes, we absolutely would like to make that. That's not the starting point. That's not the place you, that's not the first thing you do. That's where you get to. And once you get there, then you reassess and you go, okay, I've made it, what do I wanna do now? Do I wanna go higher? Do I wanna, you know, do I wanna do something else entirely? You know, am I perfectly happy here and I'll just keep cranking out $300 articles, you know, do eight or nine a month and I'm fine. Once you get there, then you reassess. But that's not where you start. Where you start is lower and slower, and um, not doing all of the fun things necessarily that you want to do. Sometimes you'll take jobs that you don't love the topic, but it's a job and it earns you money, and it's one more thing you can put on your um, CV to say, "Look, I did this thing. This is a client I worked with. Look what I did for them." That's Part of what it takes to get to a level where, you know, whatever your idea of success is, whatever your your idea of having made it might be, is you start out slow and low and, and you take what you can get. Now, part of that is learning what you should reject. And I'll tell you right now, like I said, if you're getting into fractions of a, a penny per word, reject that outright. If you're on Fiverr and it's $5 for, you know, a couple hundred words or more, reject that, okay? That is, that's where you're going to be grinding it out and you're not going to find real monetary success and you are going to burn yourself out just trying to keep up with it. Um, and that, I I promise you, and I really do mean it, the people who want to pay the least end up being sometimes the biggest pains you will ever work with. Um, but you've got to start somewhere and it's, where you start is not where you want to be eventually um but if you keep waiting around for the place you want to be eventually you're still never going to get there okay sometimes we take kind of crap writing jobs sometimes we write about topics we don't really care about sometimes we you know take less than our asking rate not necessarily extremely less than our asking rate you know i have standards depending on what i'm doing so the rate I ask for like a sponsor post on my my blog, I very rarely negotiate that down. There have been a couple of times I've done it, but it's it depends on the relationship I have with the person asking. And it is extremely rare that I, that I say that I'll take less than my number. Um, but I don't base that just on my writing ability. I'm basing that on my audience. I'm basing that on the value of my audience and of my site and being, you know, and the thing I'm about to write for you and my time. But when I'm writing for somebody else and it's their site and it's client work or it's a thing that somebody wanted, a one-off, I'm looking at what am I writing? What's the value of what I'm writing? How much experience do I have? How long have I been doing this? And when you're new, those prices should be lower. They really, I mean, if you want to get work, if you want to get steady work, if you want to show that you can do this and this can potentially be a career or a side hustle or you can quit the day job you hate or whatever your goals are, if that's what your goals are, is to do something that's permanent and stable and steady then you start lower than where you want to eventually end up. That's just the nature of it. We don't all get to start out in the executive office. <laughs> Some of us start out in the mail room, and we work our way up. Um, and just because you start out at a lower price than you ideally would like to take, doesn't mean you have to stay there. Once you prove your value to a client, then you start negotiating your price up. You might have to do it slowly. I have one client I stupidly, stupidly did not renegotiate my rates after three years of writing for him. He gets my absolute lowest rate. It's a rate I hate. Every time I bill it out, I am mad. I'm mad at myself, but I'm mad. Um, but I like him and I like working with him. And so I told him, look, I should have done this years ago. That's not your problem. That's my problem. But we've got to get this up to, to what I, I know I'm worth. And you're getting like you're not even getting discount level prices you're this is ridiculous but he has a budget he has to keep too so we have agreed that we will slowly raise these raise my rates so this year we went up a little bit and next year we'll reassess um i'm willing to do that for him because of the relationship that we've built because he sends me good work because on other work that's a new negotiation separate from the original project he does pay my top rate. He doesn't even blink. He goes, Oh, okay, that's what we'll pay. And I make really good money off of him. But I did that because I formed the relationship first, because I took the price that was less than I'd love to make, but something I could that was respectable. And I was like, Yeah, I can live with it. I want it to be higher, but I can live with it. And that's the criteria right there. Um, and then I proved what I was I was capable of. And I became somebody he could depend on. And once you have that level of mutual trust and respect between you and a person who pays you to do the work you want to do, then you can start saying, hey, uh, my rates are changing and we need to discuss this. And when you provide good value, when you do a good job, they, the the clients you want to work with will pay the money. And every once in a while, you'll get a client who loves you but can't afford it. They still stay with you in, in the sense that they're recommending you to people, or they'll come back when they do have the money and they remember you. And if, if their budget increases, you're the first one that they call. Those things do happen. But it's not because you came out of the gate swinging with, you know, your absolute top dollar that people who have been doing it 10 years more than you don't even get. It's because you worked for it and you earned it and you kind of started towards the bottom and you work your way up. That is still a legitimate thing in this day and age, even for those of us who set our own prices. So that's my rant. That's my ramble. Um, I feel like I'm a little low energy in this episode. Um, I know I repeated myself multiple times. I am doing this on very little sleep right before I take some time off because that's how it works in the uh, Smut Lansing life. If you want to take time off but you still want to pay your bills, you do all your work ahead of time. <laughs> and so this week I've done two weeks worth of work in one week, but it is totally worth it um, because by the time you even hear this, if you listen to it right when it comes out, I will be on vacation and I won't even be in my home state. So or my time zone. So it's uh, it's worth it. But I know that it it makes me worry that I'm not quite as sharp as I normally am. Uh, but I've been told that my rambly self is a little endearing. So I'm going to go with that. Um, so yeah, that's it. Um, hopefully, this kind of makes sense. Hopefully, um, you can incorporate this into your own plans. I am not in any way saying that you should take, you know, really ridiculous rates that aren't that are sort of an insult to your work. But I hope you also recognize the value of um, compromising a little bit in order to get where you ultimately want to be. So that's it. Thanks for listening to the Lancer podcast with me, Kayla Lords. If you like what you just heard, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great info at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow the Lancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm at... The Smutlancer in all three places. Feel free to reach out there or by email at, at smutlancer.com with questions or topic suggestions. Thanks for listening and let's do this again next week.